Do you realize, dear believer, that is the literally the only decision you have to make? Thy will be done. The scripture says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. The only reason life is complicated is because we don't want to make the singular decision that Jesus time and time and time illustrated. Thy will be done. If we will just let God's will be done in every detail, surrender to him, what an amazing God, uh, what amazing things that he could do for us. I'm thankful for him, aren't you? If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to ask you to return to Genesis chapter 2 as we continue our series on preaching about having the abundant life, a life that is all together. And we began examining the scriptures in John chapter 10 when Jesus said uh, that it was his will that we had life and had it more abundantly. When he said it is his will that we have life, that speaks of eternal life, that he wants us to be saved. He wants us to have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But then he says, I want you to have abundant life. That means as he looks at the life that we have here on earth, he says, I want you to have a blessed life, a victorious life, a life that is filled with God's goodness and favor. And then as we begin to think about that, and I personally was praying about that, I wanted an illustration. And so I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, who in the Bible had it all together? And I started thinking about those characters in the Hall of Faith, and we talked about that. We looked at some of those individuals, Abraham, but he didn't have it all together. He had some marital issues. He had the Hagar situation. We looked at Isaac and realized, well, he didn't have a very good relationship with his kids. He was a workaholic. We looked at Jacob and we said, Jacob had four wives. We know he didn't have it all together. Daniel ended up in a lion's den. Gideon ended up having to deal with situations and making some bad choices later on. We could go through character after character in the Bible and say, man, well, who had it all together? Well, you can say, well, Jesus did, but we have to understand something special about Jesus, that Jesus was Messiah. So the life that he lived out was a life that only he could live because there was only one great I am, the only one Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. So Jesus' life, though the characteristics that he amplified are to be modeled, his life was specific just for him. So then where do we find the lesson by having a life put all together? Where do we see to where we can find that abundant life that God desires for his people? And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, Genesis chapter 2. And as you know that already, we've been over the last several weeks examining Adam. And examining his life there on the sixth day before sin entered through the arena. And as we began to talk about those things, we looked at, first of all, Adam had a face-to-face relationship with God. That when Adam was formed, and I'm going to ask Brother Caleb to help me for a few moments. Come on quickly. You're burning my time. Adam was formed so many times people thought that he was laying down and God formed him and he was lording over him, but that's not true. That word formed means to shift and to mold as a sculptor. And a sculptor always starts at the base and sculpts up that when God breathed the breath of life into man, man was upright, a face-to-face relationship with God. God was not lording over man. God wanted an intimate, close, relatively new relationship. He didn't want to be a God over He wants to be a father's son. And we said that if we're going to have a life that is all together, 
We've got to go back to that original point, and we've got to work on our relationship with God. And we need a face-to-face relationship with Jesus Christ. We need His fingerprints on us and on our decision-making. We need God to be forming up our life. Last week, then, we looked at the second element of having a life altogether. We talked about a four-letter word. Y'all remember what it was? Anybody? Work. Were y'all here last week or was that the, last, the other congregation? It was work. We talked about having purposeful work. And we saw that before man was ever formed, God needed a man to till the ground. And then when God brought Adam to the Garden of Eden, he didn't say, all right, Adam, go have a good time. Adam, just frolic and play and enjoy yourself. He says, Adam, he's like, i got three things to tell you. I want you to dress this garden that means to take care of it. He says, I want you to keep this garden that was to protect it. He says, Adam, he says, there's one tree, that tree over there, the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of it. He said, that was it. He said, that's for you, Adam. And we talked about having purposeful work. That God made Adam a gardener. That was his image of God to the world. Because we see that he was doing exactly as God created him. And he found purpose and fulfillment in obeying God, providing for his family, and being the image of Jesus Christ in the world that he was designed for. This morning we're going to look at the third element, and it has to do with family. It has to do with family. Thank you, Adam. You go back to your seat. I may need you, uh, or we may just find a new Adam. This morning, as we add the third element of a life that's put all together, having that abundant life, we'll continue in Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to begin our reading in verse 18, and we'll read down through verse 35. And the third element needed of having a life put together, an abundant life, is that our family needs to be following God's design. Our family needs to be following God's design. And I want us to see carefully the great detail that God goes to in assembling the Scripture. Because what God says to us in verses 18 through 25 are powerful. This morning as we go through the message, I'll probably do more teaching than preaching. And uh, for uh, sake of application, I'll have three simple applications at the very end of the message for you to put into practice. But the overall message this morning will be teaching us a little bit about God's design for the family. The Bible says in verse 18 in Genesis chapter 2, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. I wonder why Adam called him an aardvark. You ever think about stuff like that, or is it just me? And he's looked at it and said, that's an aardvark. I'm like, God's like, oh, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> anyway, maybe it's just me. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. And the platypus. I mean, really? Platypus? Uh, that's just weird, okay? Anyway, back to verse 19. And out, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them into Adam to see what he would call them. Obviously, God thought it was going to be entertaining too. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help me for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. 
and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh and stood thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked and the man and his wife and were not ashamed. As God is taking Adam and showing him that beautiful garden and explaining him to his purposeful work, he then says, well, Adam, you know what? You need a help me. Adam, you are but a half of a whole. And he says, we need to find you a help me. And God begins the work of creation on this sixth day of creating those living creatures. Now, before we go any further, I want to ask you a question. Does God know everything? Yes. So God knew that Adam needed to help me before he ever made Adam, right? Some of you believe that. Some of you have no clue. And some of you think it's a trick. There is, it's not a trick. God knows everything. And before God ever made Adam, he knew that he needed a helpmeet. He knew that it wasn't good for man to be alone. So I'm going to ask you this question. If God knew everything... And he made Adam a half of a whole. And he knew that he would need a help me to not be alone. Why didn't he just go ahead and make Eve? Why did he make the animals first? And then why did he make the statement, but there was not a help meet found for Adam? Because God already knew that. So if God already knew that, but he needed to do that, then there's only one other person who needed to go through that process to learn a valuable lesson. That was Adam. You know, you don't really know what you need until you go through life and you don't have what you need. And so many times we try to put so many different things into our life thinking it's what we need, only coming out a time later realizing it's not what we need. You know, so many times when we think about family, and uh, family is just such a, an adventurous thing to even talk about in our day and age because it, it is so uh, everywhere. There are so many different versions of it. There are so many different things to call it, different ways to assemble it. Uh, we talk about romance and marriage and family. Uh, I was at Tractor Supply uh, last week, and a song came over the radio, and I can't remember exactly, but it said something about, well, we're going to have a romance like in the movies. And immediately I thought about Titanic. I thought about Jack hanging on and slowly sifting to the water. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a great idea. Sadly, I don't know if I should admit this, but my next thought went to Julia Roberts sleeping with the enemy. And she's married to a crazy dude. And I was like, did they really think this song through? Well, they started thinking about, well, we're going to have a romance like in the movies. Now, they were probably thinking about Romeo and Juliet, but that didn't end well. You can go through, it just doesn't end well unless you're a Disney princess. So why didn't they just say that? We're going to have a romance like a Disney princess. But then that just would have been weird. You know, so many times we, we fantasize about what marriage will be. We romanticize what our relationship will be. We think and imagine based upon books that we read, movies that we watch, and illustrations that are presented to us of what our home life will be. And we begin to build our life based upon these thoughts 
But God wants us to build our home based upon His thoughts. And in Genesis chapter 2, God gives us a great design for the family. God gives us an understanding uh, that we need to see in these passages so that we can have a family that is following God's pattern. Now, I don't know what pattern you're following right now. You might be just winging it. Say, man, we're in what we call survival mode. If all the kids live a day, we call it a success. If all the bills are paid at the end of the month, we call it a success. And if we don't have more than three knockdown drag outs and the cops aren't called, we call it a success. But you know, God's design for the home is a little bit different. And it's shown by illustration of understanding In Genesis chapter 2. I want you to see three things to learn. And then I want to give you three applications to apply. Of Adam's situation verses 18 through 25. God knew before he ever formed Adam. That Adam needed Eve to be complete. What we need to understand in the order of creation is number one, that Adam needed to have an appreciation for who Eve was before he had an appetite for Eve's beauty. He needed to have an appreciation for who Eve was before he had an appetite for Eve's beauty. So many times, fellas, I'm going to talk to the men just for a moment, then ladies, I'll come over and speak to you. And uh, fellas, so many times, the very first thing that a man notices about a woman is her looks. He said, man, she's pretty. What do you think Adam thought? He just saw the elk. He just saw the bear. He just saw the platypus. He just saw the leopard. He just saw the... I mean, he's going through creating all these things, or naming all these things that God's created. Some of them are awesome. Some of them are weird. Some of them are cute. He's just like naming all... And all of a sudden, he sees Eve. He's like, ay, caramba. Yahweh, mama, yo, Lord, you've been holding out on me. He had to be taken back by her beauty. Here she is presented, nothing to be ashamed of. It says in verse 25, she's a knockout. And Adam's like, glory, hallelujah. Guess what Adam needed to know before he saw Eve? That he needed Eve. None of the other creations, though, they could be companion-like. A dog can be a good companion and have fun with. I don't know what you do with cats. Uh, The rabbits, you know, they're cute, little floppy ears. But as he went through creation, he's naming all these creatures and he's seeing their purpose in creation. He realized, none of them complete me. None of them fulfill me. I need someone to share my work with. I need someone to share my dreams with. I need someone to enjoy this garden with. I need someone to fulfill me. So as God created those creatures, they were a lesson to show Adam that not only are you going to have an appetite for Eve's beauty, but you need to have an appreciation for who she is. So many times in our homes, guess what? We have appetites for different things, but we don't have an appreciation. 
We need to appreciate our spouses. We need to appreciate how they complete us. We need to appreciate how they think about the things we don't and they meet the needs that we can't and how they take a half and they make us a whole. So many times, fellas, we get caught up in appetite that we fail to be appreciative. We get so caught up in conquering and doing that we don't even realize what we really need to complete us. So God gives a great story. He gives a great illustration. He gives a great lesson to Adam. He says, guess what? You need more. Some of you fellows need more than a deer blind. Need more than golf clubs. Need more than an appetite match. I've tried to get you guys to back me up on different things and y'all wouldn't, so I joined the ladies' side. Man. That, that, that's safer for me. You know what? Adam needed to have an appreciation. I want to ask you right now, dear adult. First of all, to a married person, do you appreciate your spouse? When's the last time you showed appreciation? When's the last time that she filled your prescription and you were like, thank you for doing that? When's the last time that he filled up the car with gas and you didn't have to worry about it. And you said, thank you. So many times we're caught up about appetite, about what we want out of life. That we fail to realize who we need in life. Adam's illustration is to teach us to be appreciative. In our homes, we're not appreciative. How do you appreciate your children? They carry on your legacy. They give you a fulfillment that you do not even understand. They give you a purpose that your life would be lost without. We need to learn to be appreciative of what we have. We need to learn to appreciate the who we have in our life. Sir, if you don't learn to appreciate your wife, you'll never really understand the value of how great a treasure she is. And ma'am... You need to appreciate that husband. We think about what Adam thought when he saw Eve. And it's easier for me to understand that uh, because I'm a man. And I, I remember when I first saw my wife. I was like, ay caramba. I, didn't, I hope she was saved. All I knew was she was good looking, amen. <laughs> so we'll figure out all that. I'll go soul winning later, hallelujah. But Eve sees this man. That was to be her provider and to be her protector. And she had to trust him with everything. Trust him with everything. That's a huge step. We just think, oh, they just were and they knew everything. They knew how to do everything. No, they had to learn some things. And here they are presented. We need to learn to appreciate. So, oh, I want a happy life. I want a marriage like so and so. You, you don't know what goes on behind the doors of so and so's house. Right. Amen. Right. So, oh, they seem so in love. You need to make sure that we're following God's design. That we're looking at things from God's perspective. Not only do we see that Adam needed to learn to appreciate Eve before he had an appetite for her beauty, but I want you to see a couple other lessons that are important for us to understand 
our home life and how we need to function. And when you start appreciating your spouse and you start appreciating your kid, there'll be more gratitude in the home. There'll be a warmer spirit in the home. There'll be more thankfulness in the home. There'll be more thought of others and less thought of self, which always generates a better attitude and outlook toward life. Adam had to see his own needs before God could meet the need. And so many times we fail to see that. Secondly, this morning we need to understand that Adam needed to recognize from Eve's creation that Eve was not subservient to Adam, but to complete him. Do you know that a man was not created to rule over a woman? Don't know where that philosophy came from, but it's not biblical. Look at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. Chapter 1 is a complete summary of seven days of creation. Chapter 2 gives us the highlights, the more in-depth focus of day 6. So, this is an overview of day 1, or day 7. God says this, or day 6, an overview, chapter 1. Verse 28, And God blessed them, talking about the man and the woman, And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Who did he say it to? Them. Who is them? There's only two of them around. Adam and Eve. He never told Adam to have dominion over Eve. Why do you think he took the rib side by side, shoulder to shoulder? We're in this together. So many times it's like, well, I'm the head of the household. Sir, you're an idiot. (laughs) If you have to pound your chest and say you're in charge, you're not in charge of anything. The poodle has more authority than you do. That's not God's design. God designed us as husband and wife, guess what? To work together in the garden, to enjoy life together, and to oversee the world together. It was not a design, and God's creation shows us that. Adam, come back. Today, son, these people are hungry for lunch. When God formed man face-to-face, right? Face-to-face, breath of life, creation. But God does something different when he's getting ready to present Eve. Hey, buddy, go to sleep. Lay down for me. Lay down. Puts him to sleep. Why is this important? You ever been to an office where you sit down in the chair and all of a sudden you like keep going down and the dude in the desk is like lording over you? You been there? You seen that? You go to the bank for a loan and you're like, Sir, I, I need a loan. He's like, <laughs> Adam's put to sleep. God removes a rib, comes over here, creates woman. And I'll go ahead and tell you that the same breath of life they breathe into Adam, he had to breathe into Eve for them to be in the same state of being. Brings her over. Guess what? All the other creatures had to come and look up to Adam to get their name because he was over them, dominion-wise. When it came to Eve, Eve is presented... Dummy, wake up. Eve, meet Adam. Adam, meet Eve. Her first sight of him is in a position of vulnerability because she was going to have to trust him. His position of one that had to be raised up by God to receive the gift. Why? Because she was not to be subservient to him like the animals. 
She was to make him whole and complete him. We miss so much in the Bible because we don't take time to allow it to soak into our souls. Thank you, Adam. You get out of here. Sir, your wife is to complete you. Ma'am, you are to complete your husband. You say, it's a whole lot of work. But you said, I do. You singles, let me say something to you guys. You all say, oh, I'm going to find me a handsome man. He needs to be more than that. Because you're a half of a whole. And God designed you to complete someone. God designed Colton to complete someone. We'll pray she's as good looking as Eve was, amen. He created you ladies to complete someone. Morgan, I don't know what's going on here. We're praying, okay? (laughs) He created my wife to complete me. You know, I have no doubt whatsoever that I married the woman I'm supposed to. On my second date with my wife, God said, you're going to marry her. I'm like, glory, hallelujah. I've known since then. Had our first date January 18th. Told her I loved her, or asked her to be my girlfriend in March. Told her I loved her May 20th. Proposed June 1st. Got married September 7th. I'd have gone faster, but she wouldn't let me. Why? I knew, because God told me. He made it clear. I felt like Adam. He just brought over Eve and said, here you go. But he was like, I caramba, yes, Lord, here am I. Thy will be done. It was pretty easy. What, a half of a whole? Completion. You need someone that completes you. That's why, sir, she will never think like you do. And you ought to be thanking the Lord. Men are like, oh, I just wish she'd thought like I did. No. That's not by design. It's Eve, not Steve. Just so you know. Women think differently. They process differently. And that's by design to complete you. Ma'am, he is never going to be as fuzzy and warm and emotional and romantic as you are. It's not going to happen. If you sit there and make him watch all of them Hallmark movies, it will never happen. You think, oh, if he'll watch this, it'll teach him. No. About halfway into that thing, he's already thinking about buying a new gun and he don't know where he's going to use it. (laughs) Hallelujah. I don't know if DVR was a great thing or a terrible thing. Because they got like them 30 days of romance on the Hallmark Channel. I'm like, oh, help me, Lord Jesus. Even so, come. But you know what I say? Thy will be done. Why? Because guess what? Woman is not created to be subservient to man. They're created as equals. They're created as equals. God just gives you more responsibility to take care of her, sir. Read Ephesians chapter 5. Read Ephesians chapter 5, sir. Every husband ought to know. They ought to have Ephesians chapter 5. The passages that deal with a husband, you ought to have it memorized. Because that is your your design. Lastly, this morning, I hasten for sake of time. But Adam, he wasn't to lord over. He was to devotedly love and protect her. Eve was not made for Adam's pleasure. Eve was made for Adam's perfection. We need to realize that. Our homes are out of whack. Everything's topsy-turvy. 
And if we'd go back to realizing that God created us to appreciate one another, and God created us to complete one another, that our differences shouldn't cause conflict, but our differences should be two halves of a whole, then we could come together and have a life or a family following God's design. Lastly, under the teaching points, Adam needed to recognize the larger picture of God's design so he would be a godly father like his Lord. Do you notice verse 24 right after verse 23? Let's just read 23, 24 together. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Isn't that an interesting verse since they don't have kids and he just met his wife? He's never been a parent, but all of a sudden he realizes something. He realizes a valuable lesson. He realizes the the larger picture. That God shows us as a couple, we are to complete one another as parents. And we are to mold our children with love and the direction of the Holy Spirit to be the divine reflection that God intends for them to be. That they also may go and have their Eden. And that they also may be presented as their Adam and Eve. And that they may walk with God in the coolness of the day of their mature life. That Adam realizes as he's presented with his wife and he sees the lessons he learned from all the creations that what he needed was Eve to complete him. And this was God maturing him to show him that if he and Eve were to replenish the earth, the model is set. That we must teach our children lessons so that they mature to follow God and allow God to bring the person to their life that will complete them. That they could have a family, not after their choosing, but after God's design. Three application thoughts. I'm going to ask Brother Caleb to go ahead and come to the piano. For application, I want to give you this. First of all, we need to love and serve our spouse as we labor together. We must learn to love and serve our spouse as we labor together through life. Secondly, we must love and teach our children to follow God into maturity. You have a family after God's design? Spouses have to love and serve one another. Young person, if you're not ready to serve someone, you're not ready to marry someone. And that's a two-sided, that's a two-way street. Marriage is serving. Marriage is serving. If we're to have children, we need to realize that the illustration, the lesson is to love and teach our children to follow God into maturity. And lastly, we need to love and minister to our neighbors through the gospel and good works. Did you ever think about the creation story? God never intended for man to die. That's why he created the tree of life. So God intended for Adam and Eve to be together forever. And he, he expected them to raise their children and send them out. How else could they subdue the earth? And how else could they replenish it or defill it? God expected them to share the gospel and the good news with those who would be their family. So many times... Our thoughts of the functionality of the family are based upon a world model when we need to get back to following God's design. And God has shown us in Genesis 2 a very clear and simple design to have a happy family. Appreciate, complete, 
and mature together to build a home. Would you stand with us?